Hey, what's up, Rich Point Church? I played baseball growing up. In fact, I played a lot of baseball. I share a lot of stories from my baseball years. And here's the thing. I played baseball wherever it was possible. If, if I was playing in my backyard, if I was playing at the park, if I was playing at my local school, uh, baseball was a big deal in my life. And I played for most of my life. And I played a lot of different positions, but my primary position was right here behind home plate as a catcher. Uh, but about the time I was seven, eight, nine years old, I started establishing myself in something else. I started becoming known more as a hitter than a fielder. And I started to take a lot of practice and a lot of instruction, trying to get better at my craft, trying to become a better hitter. And I remember back then I had a coach. He actually wasn't even one of my regular coaches. He was more a guy that oversaw the whole baseball program at the local park. And he would take time to invest in the young men in our program. And he would come and talk to us and he'd give us pointers. And he tried to point out different flaws we'd have in our hitting approach and trying to give us better techniques and how to get better. And I remember because especially at that point of being eight, nine years old, you want to get better and you struck out a lot and, and you got frustrated sometimes. And at some point in, in this guy's name was Mr. Pillsbury. At some point in Mr. Pillsbury coaching us, he pulled a group of us over. We're at the batting cage. And he pulled a group of us over and he said, man, come here. I want to share something with you. And he said, I want to let you know. I know you're struggling right now and you're getting out some. But he said, I want to let you know that the best hitters in Major League Baseball, the best of the best, fail seven out of ten times. They only, they only hit the ball, you get a hit three out of ten times. If they have a batting average over 300, that's really good. And he says, well, the best of the best fail seven times out of ten. So if you mess up from time to time, don't get frustrated by that. It's going to be okay. And that's okay for a lot of us. When we start to struggle in life, we start to, to have some sort of a failure. We, we think that's just part of life. The problem is, in, in baseball and in life, is when those struggles happen for a major season of our life. And throughout that season, we get mired in a slump. And a slump is an extended period of time where we continue to have the same struggles over and over, and it doesn't seem to be getting any better. I want to thank you for taking time over your holidays to watch a little short video where we're going to talk about how to get out of a slump in 2016. Uh, we're going to talk about some basic principles, some basic things you can do, because my concern is I think most of us, that's me, that's you, most of us, we're mired in a slump right now when it comes to our physical life. And so I want to talk just for a couple of minutes of how are we going to together break out of this slump. You know, the thing about baseball players is they tend to be a very superstitious bunch. That means that when they're kind of stuck in a slump, they try to get out of their normal routine of things to try to break that slump. And it might mean they eat something different, or maybe they dress differently, they pull their socks up higher, or they push their socks down, or they wear a different cap. Uh, and when they start to have success, they want to repeat some of those same behaviors over and over. Uh, some of the players I know that you know they, they'd eat the same meal before every game that they played. And one of my favorite stories of superstition was a pitcher who refused to, when he first walked out to the mound after at the beginning of every inning, he refused to catch a ball thrown to him, but instead always wanted to pick up the ball from the mound. So if an umpire would throw the ball to him, he would literally get out of the way, allow the ball to hit the ground, roll to a stop, and then walk over and pick it up. Well, we know that superstitions are part of the game, but superstitions don't work. In fact, superstitions don't break slumps, systems do. And so I want to talk for just a couple of minutes about if we're stuck in a slump right now, if physically speaking we're stuck in a slump, how can we start to break out of that slump as we enter into 2016? You see that about two months ago, two or three months ago, we finished up a series at Ridgepoint Church called Transformed. And in Transformed, we talked about how to transform our life in a bunch of different areas. 
one of the first ones we talked about was to transform our physical health. And we got a lot of feedback from that. A lot of people talked about that particular message and wanting to make changes. Well, sometimes the beginning of the year is a great time to launch into that. And so I want to talk as we get into this message, I want to talk about what does it mean to transform our life when it comes to our physical structure and how can we break out of a slump physically? Three questions I want to answer. The first one is this. Why is this a big deal? Like I know we're a church and we're focused on the spiritual health of the people that we come in contact with. And I agree 100%. If, if going into 2016, you have to focus on one or the other. You have to focus on your spiritual health or you have to focus on your physical health and you can't do both. Every time I'm going to tell you to focus on your spiritual health. As a church, that's what we try to feed week in, week out. But one of the things that I've discovered is that when we start to have momentum in one area of our life, it starts to impact others. And so I want to talk today about how do we, going into 2016, take better care of our body physically. And in fact, the Bible speaks to this. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, it says this, For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. It talks about that physical training and physically training our body brings some sort of benefit, but that spiritual training is much more significant. And we agree with that. Again, uh, 99 times out of 100, our messages are going to be geared towards our spiritual health. Uh, but that doesn't say that needs to be at the neglect of our physical health because it also says that our bodily training profits us as well. And we should, if we're trying to follow Jesus, we should say if, if the Bible says this profits us, even if it's not as significant as other areas, it still is something that profits us. It should be something we focus on. And so we want to do that. We want to come up with a system this year to say how can we make sure that, that we make changes this year that are lasting changes. You see, if, if I answer the question, why is this important? Why is this a big deal? Because I agree, there are bigger fish to fry. Our spiritual health is much more significant. But if the Bible says this is important, it is something I should focus on, then we want to be able to do that. So the second question we get to is, okay, how do I do that? Because we know physical health is important. We know there are things that we should be doing and things we shouldn't be doing. So how do I begin to make uh, changes in those areas? You see, when we did that series on Transformed, we started talking about our physical health. When we had some of those discussions, I was frank and honest about uh, my past struggles in this area. And I've not yet to overcome this or accomplish this. It's still an everyday journey for me. But I said when I did some of the old habits, those old patterns that I had, as much as we can laugh about those things and joke about those things, those things are habits that are, that are sin in our life. And we have to figure out a way to destroy that. And at some point, it is us becoming resolved that we're going to no longer live that way. We're going to make changes. And that when we make those changes, those changes are going to last. It's not enough to say I'm going to start a diet or I'm going to start a fad. It's saying I want to resolve that in 2016 that this is going to be my healthiest year ever. In fact, if you're willing to resolve with me to do that, I want you to do something right now. And I don't know if you're watching this with your family, if you're watching it in your office by yourself, if there's other people around, but I want you to do something with me. I want you to say this out loud. I want you to say out loud, 2016 is going to be my healthiest year. I want you to say this as loud as you can because the more we speak that, the more we're going to start to believe it. So on the count of three, we're going to say that together. One, two, three. 2016 is going to be my healthiest year ever. Now, if we believe that, then we're sitting here saying, okay, I understand that this is important. I understand that I have to be resolved to do that. But on a day-to-day on -day level, what are the things that I have to accomplish to make that 
uh, statement that we just made, how do I make that a success? Well, the third question we face is, is how do I make that real? How do I make that applicable in my life? And here's what I want you to do. There's four things that we have to do. And, and they're simple things, things that you probably already know, but things that we have to resolve that we're going to do in 2016. The first one is this. We want to make sure that we have a, a healthy diet. And that might mean right now before 2016 hits, you do some research and study up uh, on diets that maybe are high in protein and low in carbs and, and choosing veggies instead of fruit and doing some of those things because physical health is, is really, really important. In fact, in the book of 3 John, uh, John is writing to a, a friend of his by the name of Gaius. And as he's writing to Gaius, he says this in, in 3 John chapter, uh, verse 2, he says this, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. John is writing to his friend saying, I, I know that you're doing well spiritually, but I want to make sure you're also doing well physically. Well, we know in order for us to have physical health, one of the first things that we have to do is we have to change our diets. Like this is a big deal because as I start to change my diet, as I start to do the second thing, which is I start to exercise, I start to gain energy in my life. And that energy doesn't just affect my physical health, it affects my relational health, and it ultimately affects my, my spiritual health. I have more energy to focus on things in God. And so we want to make sure that our diet is allowing us to make some of those changes, even when it comes to our spiritual life. So number one is we have to make sure that we diet well. Uh, number two is we have to find time to exercise. And I know your life is busy. I understand that entirely. And it's very easy. But, but here's what I'm venturing to guess is that part of the reason we're mired in a slump is because we just got through the holiday seasons. And I'm venturing to guess, if you're like I am, that you ate way too much this holiday season. And changing your diet is really important, but also exercise and getting some of those pounds off is really, really key. And so what that means is if you've never exercised before, if it's been a long time since you've exercised, it means starting slow, coming up with a plan, and it might even mean going to see a doctor to come up with the, the best plan for your particular health or going to see a physical trainer. Those things might be beneficial in your life. But it's saying that even if all it means is I can walk around the block a couple of times every day that I'm going to do that, or maybe you're in a little bit better shape and you just want to improve in some areas. Whatever we've done in previous years, it's just saying I want to add to that and make myself more physically fit in the next year. The third thing to do to fit, change our physical health, uh, we tend to focus on things like diet and exercise. But we also want to talk about how can we remove stressors in our life. Uh, stressors can be things that just kind of uh, affect us physically. Maybe they raise our blood pressure or just make us uh, really stressed out and, and tired and frustrated. So we want to say, what in our life can we take out right now to make us more healthy? And it might mean that, you know, part of that might be your diet, but part of it also might mean that you're addicted to some sort of addiction. Maybe it's uh, caffeine, or maybe it's um, cigarettes, or, or some sort of tobacco product, or maybe it's alcohol. But say, I know these things are adding stress in my life. It might mean changing your sleep patterns. And some of you, the best thing you can do to start off the next year is find a way to get more sleep. But reduce those stressors so that life isn't coming at us with all these different things we're not prepared to handle. Uh, to, so, so we want to eat healthy, we want to exercise, we want to remove stresses in our life, uh, changing patterns that are destructive to our behavior. And finally, Rich Point, for our, our final point, we came back to the church to, to wrap this thing up. Uh, because uh, I want to summarize. Right now we're talking about how do I make these improvements. And it begins by having a healthy diet. It begins by having exercise. But then add to it the idea of, of removing stressors in our life. And then finally, I think for us the key, if we're going to have success when it comes to our physical health, 
the key for any of us is to set up accountability. Uh, what that means is to have specific people in our lives that are going to be there to challenge us when we start to make mistakes, to encourage us when we get down. And so we want to do something that's very unique. We've never done anything like this before, but we're going to go on a journey together as a church. And here's the thing. Here's how this is going to work. We're not going to mention this again from the stage. We're not going to do a sermon series on it. We're just simply shooting this video at the end of 2015 to say, if you want to journey with us on this, the key to our success is for us to journey together. Uh, and so what we're going to do is we're going to send out a series of, of emails, weekly emails, to challenge you in these areas, to give you Bible verses to cling to, to give you ideas when it comes to health and fitness and, and removing stresses from our life. And accountability is, is the key. We're going to set up a way for us to be able to communicate through, through email, uh, maybe even set up a Facebook page. And so here's what we're going to do. If, if you want to journey with us, if you made that statement before saying you want 2016 to be your healthiest year ever, I want you to do something. I want you today, uh, don't wait on this, don't, don't linger because we're going to forget about this. I want you today to, to email me, jj at ridgepointchurch.org. Uh, all you got to do is email me something simple like I'm in, and I'm going to amass all the people who say they want to join us for a three-month challenge uh, to challenge us in our area of our physical health, whether it be eating healthy or, or exercising or removing stresses. I want to be challenged personally on this journey. And as we journey together, as we hold each other accountable, it gives us a better chance for success. So all you got to do is email me, say I'm in, and I'm going to know exactly what you're talking about. Email me at jj at ridgepointchurch.org. We want to journey together to make 2016 the healthiest year uh, for our church because I genuinely believe if we can gain momentum when it comes to our physical health, it helps us out emotionally, it helps us out relationally, and it helps us out spiritually. And that's what we're longing for because to wrap this up, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 through 20, Paul is writing the church at Corinth. And he says this, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God. You are not your own, for you are bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. He says our body is not our own. We've been bought by a price, the price paid by Jesus. And so our goal is to say, God, as best we can, we want to take care of the temple that you've given us. This way of, of us doing this, during it we're on, is going to be a way for us to do that. To say we want to make 2016 the healthiest year that we can coming up with a system, not relying on superstition, not relying upon hope, but saying, I want a system to remove some of these stresses from my life, removing this unhealthiness from my life, to remove this slump from my life, and to come up with success. Uh, thank you again for joining us. Let's kick off 2016 in a very strong way.